All right, Rad Dads, and welcome back for another episode. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. And tonight we have a special guest. Joining us tonight is Andy Murphy, also known as the Secure Dad. Andy is not only a Rad Dad, but also the founder of the Secure Dad, the author of two books, Home Defense and Password Security, also course creator of Unlocked and a podcast and a YouTube host. Wow, you got a lot of things going on. Yeah, man, I do. You said all that, and I'm like, wow, this Andy dude sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find time for yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, um, I get, you know, you guys running your podcast and all that. It just kind of becomes a part of your life. It's, it's just a yeah. part of it now. And I enjoy it. I love doing what I do. I love talking to uh, guys like you and being on your show. And uh, just connecting with people and helping folks live safer, happier lives. That's awesome. How many kids do you have? I've got the one, and uh, he is nine years old. He is in the fourth grade, uh, and he's 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 nine, pushing nineteen. So I'm sure y'all know how that goes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I have three girls. I have two boys, and I'll tell you, the, between the eight and I have an eight and twelve year, uh, eleven year old, and the eleven year old's pushing nineteen. It's it's very very interesting to watch to say the least sure yeah and and for me it is especially right you know i don't know what it's like uh to to raise a daughter but uh with my kid like we were playing ball in the in the backyard today and it turned into a fight you know we're, you know we're, we were just throwing the ball to each other they were hitting each other with the ball and the next thing you know he's on my back and the neighbors are wondering what's going on in the backyard over at the murphy house so yeah it's all good don't worry about it we got it yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you i don't know what it's like to raise a girl either mm-hmm. but i'm gonna buy some popcorn and sit outside sal's house and watch because yeah. it's gonna be entertaining <laughs> i'm sure it is Mm, yes he's he's referring to when my my girls start dating oh oh yeah man that's that's the big one it's like yeah come on in son sit on down tell me about yourself yeah so how has becoming a father changed your life you know it's um it's made it for the better I, i i don't you know i've been a dad for nine years i try to think about gosh where was i 10 years ago what was i thinking and what was i doing and like i can't i can't remember you know it's like your your heart grows your attention span grows everything about you grows and you mature as a person to become a dad and it's fantastic it's it's a blessing from god and i absolutely love it it's funny you say that because every so often my wife she and i we get into some conversation and say what did we do after we got married before we had kids right it's like what were we doing? Like, how did we occupy ourselves? Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we can't remember. My, my oldest now is, is going to be 13 this weekend. So it's like you said, you just, you just get deep into it. Right. And, and it's great. It's definitely is, a blessing from God. Yeah, man. And it's, you ask, you're like, did we travel before? Haven't we been to, <laughs> have we been to another country together? You know, it's just these vague memories of, of doing things together. Yeah. So what challenges have you faced raising, uh, raising your kid? Um, I think the biggest challenges, and I bet you guys will say this too, is yourself. It's like when you, um, you hear yourself repeat something that your dad said to you, whether good or bad, and that shocking moment of, man, I think I just turned into my father <laughs> right here. You know, and then you start to realize, oh, my parents were right about a lot of stuff and I I should call and apologize. I don't. But, you know, I should call and apologize for that. Um, But, yeah, it's really it's working on yourself. It's working on how you communicate. What's what's really going to make you mad um, and how you discipline your kid, how you love them, how you support them. The, The hardest part of parenting, honestly, for me is just 
dealing with me and my attitude and making sure that I'm doing the best that I can uh, as a father. And it, I fail. I, I mean, I fail on a regular basis. It, it, I'm like, man, I should have handled that better. But, you know, the next day is a new day and you start over again. And um, if you need to, I'm one of these people that if I really, truly mess up, I apologize to my son. Um, you know, I don't apologize for small things. I don't apologize for disciplining, but like, if I actually made a mistake, if I misunderstand something, I own up to that and I apologize for it. Cause I want him to do that as a man. Yeah, that's definitely important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely important. Owning it and letting them understand, Hey, right. you know, I did make a mistake and it's okay mm-hmm. to admit when you're making a mistake and own it. Absolutely. That's awesome. So what, what have you learned from raising your kids? Have they taught you anything? Um, they've taught me that, you know, it, it, it's funny. Like, I think the first time my kid sat down and wanted to play, I think Paw Patrol characters with me, you know, where you sit down, you do the fun voices and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, I used to do that as a kid, but I had forgotten, you know, as, as an adult, you just become jaded. You think about all the stuff you got to do and how much coffee is in your system and things like that. And like, <laughs> I, I have forgotten how to see life you know, from the eye, from the point of view of a child and how they see things and, and what they do, and how funny they are. Um, and, and so it was really just kind of relearning how to look at life and seeing it from their point of view to, to help them through it. Um, so yeah, just really taking a step back and, and looking how they're dealing with life and how they're doing pretty good at it. Especially nowadays with technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technology is a big deal. Like my kid had a laptop assigned to him in the second grade and I didn't get like my first home computer until like we were in like, I, I was in high school, you know, <laughs> like, and you're, you're walking around with a, a nicer computer than I, I had for like the first 15 years of, you know, being an adult and a college student. <laughs> so true. That is mm-hmm. so true. So Andy, your, your uh, expertise and your background is um, security, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the name, hence the name Secure Dad. So I, I'd like to talk about uh, online security. I know sure. that's huge with, mm-hmm. with today's uh, society and everyone having uh, the, uh, the computer and the internet at their fingertips. You know, we have small computers that we carry around in our, in our pockets. First and foremost, as being dads, how do we protect our kids? Sure. That's a, that's a big question, man. And it's an ever changing question because as technology changes, sure. the answers can change. So I remember a couple of years ago, I was not really good with online security. Not really at all. Like, I mean, I had password protected my Wi-Fi in my house, but like that was it. I didn't know really anything else. I didn't know about online predators all that much. So I made a commitment to myself and also to the secure dad as a company to get better at it. And so I started studying and learning and talking and having deep conversations with law enforcement folks, with tech experts, and with uh, people who were in this arena. And I discovered that a lot of digital security is actually analog, meaning it doesn't come from the computer itself. It comes from the person. And where we as dads come in, we need to set sit down and talk to our kids about what it is to be a digital citizen because you know all all of us here we are older than the internet we didn't grow up with it or anything like that and so my son was doing during covid he had his his school laptop out and somebody was talking to him one of his teachers about what it's like to be a digital citizen and she said something very important and she said because everything you click on online is going to be tracked 
and I thought how terrible that is, that everything they do online is going to be tracked. And it made me feel really bad because like when you, we, you know, the three of us, when we got our first email addresses, I guess it was like an AOL account or something like that. <laughs> yeah. We picked like the most random stuff like Ninja Surfer at AOL <laughs> or something like that because we, we thought we could be private online and our kids can't be private online these days. They have to be who they are at home, at school, at church, soccer practice, wherever, and that now includes online. It's being online now for a kid is nothing like we had when we were growing up. And so you got to teach your kids up front what you say online is going to follow you throughout your life or throughout your school year, things like that, which you Google and all that sort of stuff. So you really have to level with your kids and say, this is just a different form of your life. This is just like going and, and you know, act, you know, being at a friend's house. You act at that friend's house like you have been raised. And so that's really the foundation for online security really has nothing to do with technology. That, that is amazing. I've never had it explained to me, or I've never heard that before as you explained it, um, to, to, to have your child act online as they would at your friend's house at, at grandma's house or mm -hmm. even in school. Well, yeah. I don't know about school because their character may change in school. Right. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, you got you to gotta give them that foundation to understand what's acceptable behavior and what's not. And so, and then like, how do we protect ourselves? Sure. Like how we protect ourselves is, um, I, you guys are familiar with Reddit. Are you guys on Reddit at all? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was on Reddit for like three days and i was like this is this is too much for me i love instagram you know facebook and all that kind of stuff and so i decided i was going to get on reddit and I, so i chose a name and you know how it like um gives you suggestions for here's other people that kind of have that name and your username sort of thing and the first guy i clicked on to see if he was interested in the same stuff that i was and he had nothing but school shooter videos on his profile and I was like, wow. and not, and not like prevention, not like I talk about trying to prevent school shootings. I'm talking like this guy, that was his thing, like in a very creepy way. And I was like, well, okay, this is not cool. So then I clicked on somebody else and it was somebody who was selling like, uh, we'll call it romantic experiences with them <laughs> through OnlyFans. And I'm like, okay. And it just kind of went downhill from there. And so I said, this is not a place for me. This is not where I need to be. So there is this, um, I had, um, his, he goes by Texas Spy Dad, and I didn't think about telling the story here, uh, but I forget, I forget his real name at the moment. He's going to shoot me. Sorry. But um, he used to be a spy, and he's a father, and he said uh, he had the rule of the stupids with his kid, which is don't do stupid things at stupid times of the day with stupid people, meaning Put, set yourself up for success. And I think we as adults kind of have to do that online as well. If we like, you know, find that school shooter guy first, the first profile I click on, on um, Reddit, I'm like, dude, this is not where I need to be. Even though there's lots of good stuff on Reddit, there's lots of fun stuff on Reddit. For me, it was just like, ah, no, this isn't good. But if we can make sure that we're in the right places that we're supposed to be. We're going to avoid a lot of the bad stuff. We're going to avoid a lot of the stuff that we click on and it ends up taking over our computer or taking over our phone and that sort of stuff. So really, again, it, it starts mentally analog with us as well. 
But there's, of course, you know, things that you can do to uh, make sure that your home is set up safely. One of the things that I recommend that people do is make sure that your your personal Wi-Fi uh, in your home is password protected and that you change that password frequently so that you make sure that your nosy neighbors and that kind of stuff aren't getting on your network and doing illegal activity on your network because um, a buddy of mine in law enforcement told me that they um, they were working on a case with uh, child sexual abuse material and they had followed this guy for two years. They knew what type of device they were looking for. They knew the IP addresses attached to it. They knew the physical address. They go and they knock down the door and they start interviewing the guy. They wreck his house. They can't find the device. And after talking to him for like two hours, they realize this isn't the guy. And what happened was his neighbor was the guy with the device and he had hacked the Wi-Fi wow. and was sending sex abuse material across his network. And so they found the guy pretty quick, thankfully. But yeah, man, that score that story scared me. I was like, I need to make sure That's I'm the crazy. only person using that. Yeah, because it's it's a digital fingerprint back to where you are. So, you know, that's that's basic stuff. Make sure that your Wi-Fi is locked down at your house. That is nuts. Yes. Scary. So I, I didn't know that that uh Wi-Fi password was hackable. I mean, my I got like thirty characters. Yeah, that's good. You that's good that you have thirty characters because the longer the password, um, the more the longer it is gonna take to uh to hack. So that you got thirty characters in there, that's good. Now, what happens is when they when when hackers or even if it's the kid next door who's bored, who has nothing else to do, maybe you got his Xbox taken away, so he's gonna try to hack your your stuff while he's, you know, on restriction from Xbox. So he, they set up a program and it just runs. It runs twenty four seven, and eventually they'll 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 hit it. And the longer that password is, the longer it'll take them to hit, and the more likely they are just to let it go and forget it and move on that sort of thing. So that's good. I'm glad that you got one that's that's long. I use phrases. Like, yes, I pick a yes. phrase. Yes, man, a passphrase. It's really not a password anymore. Yeah, you're right. It, it's a sentence because. When when like relatives would come over and they'd be like, "Hey, can I get your your password to your Wi-Fi?" It's like, "Damn, what what the hell did I make it?" So mm -hmm. I was like, "So I got I got to think of a, so I was like, from now on, it's going to be a phrase. So I know mm -hmm. the phrase and I know the characters are, I I put at the end and, and I'm good." <laughs> right. There's a there's a joke that goes: a guy walks into a bar and he asks for the Wi-Fi password, and the bartender says, "You got to buy a drink first. So the guy buys a drink, says, okay, what's the Wi-Fi password? You got to buy a drink first. That's the password. <laughs> you know? So I was like, hey, that's clever. That's, that that's a good one. Pretty cool. So do you, do you recommend using the guest network? So you have a primary network, and then you have a guest network, and you just give out the guest network password? Yes. You can have a guest network that is truly set up for guests. Another thing, like with my router, I get two guest networks. Uh, one can be for guests. The other one, I actually put all of my wireless home security stuff on like my wireless cameras and that sort of stuff that way if somebody does breach that network they don't get a hold of the rest of the network or whatever else is on it so you can use a guest network strictly for when your your friends and family come over like that's cool but you can also use a guest network as a way to segregate certain devices from the rest of the network as well and i always hide my network names um, like I'll, I'll tell you the one that I used to have. I love this one. I don't use it anymore, but the name of the network was unavailable. And so when people would look at it, I actually had a tech guy come over to my house one time and he was like, Hey, what's, what's your network? It's called unavailable. He's like, 
that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, call it, call it that, call it error code, call it, you know, whatever you want to. Don't put your name on it. Don't be like, hey, Sal's personal Wi-Fi. You know, don't don't do that. Um, because then they can track who you are and, and who's whose Wi-Fi they're looking at, that sort of stuff. So just make it like generic stuff. I mean, isn't that if common, you really want to be isn't that common sense? Or I guess I feel like it is. <sighs> yes, it is. It is common sense, but like, man, it common sense is not common anymore. <laughs> you know? Common sense is not a flower that blooms in every garden. Because Andy, you know what else there I've you seen go. is people put their address. Like yes, like I yes, grew up. I've seen that on, too. Like whatever. Like I'll, I'll give a fictitious place, but like say like mm-hmm. two hundred six thirty fourth Street, and that would be the Wi Fi. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, it's just like hey, you can hack my Wi Fi, then you can show up at my <laughs> front door, or know where to stand so you can get a better signal. Yeah, that's yeah, that's and people, you know, if you don't if you don't think like a criminal, like none of this stuff is really going to. Uh, occur to you. That's why I encourage people to use the fancy term for that is adversarial mindset. Understand the adversarial mindset. Think like a bad guy. Think like a hacker. Think about, think like somebody who would have to try to get access to your child online. And when you start seeing those things, you start thinking about it, as scary and uncomfortable as it may be, you'll start to see the criminal process. And there is a process. It's linear. So you've got to, um, you got to open yourself up to that. Don't fear it. Look at it. And when you see those things, you know how to better protect your family. Makes sense. So one of, one of my one of my neighbors is not a uh, Tony Romo fan. So his his network is Tony Romo sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I haven't figured like out that. which which neighbor it is. Uh, I, I, Rob knows my neighbors. They're either a uh, uh, hundred and one years old or eighty five. So okay, yeah, it's probably an Eagles fan. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're the worst. Uh, so, <laughs> so what what is the latest threats to our families? Uh, the latest threat to your family. This one was interesting. Um, there was a guy who met a child through an Oculus experience. Do you know what Oculus is? It's yes. the, the goggles that you wear. Um, and what was interesting about that, I think this was out of Florida, that um, their kid was communicating with this person and seeing all sorts of images and things they weren't supposed to. But because the kid was always wearing the goggles, no adult knew what was going on. And you wear the headphones. So, like, the family didn't know that they were being groomed by a predator because they couldn't see the material, they couldn't hear the conversation. So I think what a lot of times we have to do to, to counter those types of threats, the new threats, the ones that are always evolving, is have conversations with your kids about what they're doing online. Say, hey, you know, did you play Roblox with somebody today? Did they have, have Minecraft? Talk to them about, you know, ask them about their games that they're playing and all the platforms that they're using because you'll you'll start to understand what makes them feel comfortable online and what makes them feel uncomfortable online. And then when you start hitting on things where your kids, you know, like their cheeks start getting red, they start getting nervous, that sort of thing, you realize, okay, there's something about this particular platform. There's something about this question I just asked uh, that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. But you got you got to sit down, you got to talk to them, you got to be open about you know what they're seeing online. There's a couple of times that uh, my son has come across something that he's been like, hey, what is this? And we sit down and we have an adult conversation about what it was, and we we. We build that bond because if something does go wrong online as a parent, you may not catch it. Uh, so you have to have that open door policy with your kid 
to come and talk to you when something scary does happen, when it's a threat, when it's a bullying or somebody's trying to send them explicit material, that sort of thing, so that if something bad does happen, they come and they tell you about it and you work through it together as a team. See, I, 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 I'm not a gamer, so mm-hmm. there's really no no gaming uh, devices in my house, and Rob knows that. He breaks my chops all the time. That's good. <laughs> so, and and once my kids got their laptops, um, they would ask me, "Can we download this? Download that?" And no, no, no. So, I gave into Roblox when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And the one day my daughter said, Hey, someone reached out to me. I wanted to know if I, I wanted to be their friend. I was like, that's it. Done. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Uh, deleted the app, yes. deleted the program. Nope. You are not right. playing Roblox. So then, right. so then Among Us came out and everybody's mm-hmm. raving about Among mm-hmm. Us. I was like, yes. Nope, 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 Nope. Finally I gave in. Mm-hmm. So all three of my girls, they had Among Us on their, their, their computers and, and that went fine. You know, they, they said that they would mm-hmm. play with their friends and, and I think just recently they realized, I think they can chat right in the, in right. the, in the game. Mm-hmm. So that, that was okay. Right. I think what we're, we're finding out about online predators is really nothing new because I think it is magnifying what has always been there in humanity. These threats have always existed. It's just a different avenue of getting to our kids. And we, we can't just chalk it up and say, oh, the, the, um, the software is going to catch it. These filters are going to catch it. And, and that's not the case because it's always changing for the predator. It's always changing. So um, you really have to talk to your kids about it. You got to teach them to be good digital citizens and, and level with them at what they're ready to know and what they're ready to understand. So, and it's just, and do the best that you can. Don't just... Don't get frustrated and walk away and just say, oh, I can't figure it out. So, Sal, man, good on you for for talking to your kids and and staying on them because it's going to pay off in the long run. Thanks. It's Mm – I I don't know as much as I should know about the internet and all the threats out there. But the little little bit that I do know, it's scary. It is very scary. Mm -hmm. What do you do to prohibit – adult material from your from your network so your kids getting their hands on it right um what you can do is um like my son has a gmail address for his school and he has one personally that we set up together and there is and i'm gonna figure this out real quick i'll find pull up the name this parental control is called family link for google it's an app that you can get so when you create a uh, an account for a minor, you can go through and set up what permissions they have and what they can do, contacts they can have, and um, and the things that they can view. I would just make sure that all your parental controls are turned on. Um, I, you have parental controls on your router. What you what you need to do if as um, I, I they're all different. I can't really walk you through that right now, but you just take your router name, Google it, and then you also put in parental controls. And there will be a video online of somebody on YouTube that will walk you through how to do that, how to turn those sorts of things on. Uh, Another analog tip is to make sure your kids don't use their devices in their rooms, don't use it in the bathroom, that when they do have devices, that they are in a public area where you can see the screen and you can see what's going on. That will also help you out. 
I, I fail at that. A hundred percent failure at that one. Well, I mean, that's okay. I mean, if you can trust your kids, that's good. And you can build that trust because you don't, you don't want to crush them. Right. You know, you don't want your house to feel like a prison or a digital prison. So if you've got kids that you can trust and an age you can trust, that's good. But also you kind of have to do the whole trust, but verify thing, you know, make sure that they're, they're doing what they're supposed to. You give them uh, areas that they can operate in. And then if, if they cross the line or something happens, you got to be ready to Is there respond. a specific router that you suggest? Because me and, me and Sal have had some uh, some bad experiences with uh, a couple of routers. Sure. There is uh, the Nighthawk series that I like a lot. It is, it's run, and I want to say that it is by, let me pull Netgear. this up. It's Netgear. Yep. Yeah, I like Netgear a lot um, because they make things simple. For like somebody like me to understand, you don't have to be an IT professional to do that. I have an app on my phone that I can take a look at the router. I can turn on parental controls from there. I can turn off. I can um, turn off devices. So like you know, one of your kids has you know gotten in trouble, and you say, okay, no Wi-Fi for you. You can actually turn it off right there from the app. So um, the one that I have is a couple years old now. Um, it's good, and you can have an old router. You just need to make sure that you're doing all of the updates for it because there's security updates for them all the time. Because again, the IT security people, it's it's an ever-changing battlefield for those guys. And so they have to come up with all the stuff to push to us. So make sure that you have your automatic updates on no matter what kind of router that you have. But I think um, I think uh, Netgear is good. Linksys makes good stuff. I would avoid the Chinese-made stuff um, just because it, like I had one. It just didn't seem to last. It, it just couldn't hold up. So if you if you're good with Netgear or Linksys, you're going to be fine. Awesome, that makes a really good segue for the next question. So how how should we protect our homes? Alarm, fire alarms, any other suggestions? Yeah, all that, all of that is, all of that is great. Um, I will tell you, most people, and I, I'll say this of me, you guys don't have to admit to this. Um, I used to use lose sleep at night years ago because I didn't know what to do if somebody broke into my house, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I had to wonder, you know, what would I do? How would that look? And I realized I was making a pretty big mistake because I wasn't worried about home security until somebody decided to break in. And that's the middle of the situation. Like that's the middle of the bad guy's plan. So I started to realize that in order to protect my home, I really had to make it look like an unappealing target for a criminal, you know, I had to make it look like, Hey, this house is going to be pretty hard to break into. I'm going to move on. And before you think I'm going to suggest that you, you know, put bars on the windows <laughs> and get a moat with attack dogs, you can, that's no problem. Um, but what it really means is one of the best things that you can buy for home security, you can get on Amazon right now. And it is a dusk to dawn light bulb. And what you do is you put that on the uh, front porch. If you've got one and you turn the switch on, you walk away. <laughs> and so the light will turn on when it's dark. And um, it look it illuminates your whole front of your home so that darkness is really the best friend of a thief to not be seen. You have that light, you turn it on, you take that power away. And if it comes down, this is, is kind of how it goes. Hey, this house has a porch light on, this one doesn't. I'm going to this house over here. 
and your house is left alone. And you help the burglar make that decision to leave you alone. And so that's kind of, you have to be proactive about home security. I have actually (coughs) rings, uh, spotlights Mm -hmm. all around my house. Yes. So anybody walks through, it lights up. And what is that? Good. Yeah. (laughs) It also says, you are now being recorded. Yeah, his his, his yes. ring spotlights like they it. greet you. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Hello, you are now being recorded." <laughs> I like it, and I bet you don't have solicitors coming to your house either trying to sell you stuff. The deer don't don't mind it, but uh, people definitely do a second glance mm-hmm. when that happens. So, so you oh you, yeah, you touched sure. on the outside of the, uh, of the house, which uh, mm-hmm. I actually had dust till dawn, and they just recently mm-hmm. burned out. The bulbs burned out, and I got okay. new ones. Good for you. Now, as far as like interior alarm system, obviously that's 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 mm-hmm. common sense. Yes. Would you go another step further with firearms? Sure, you can have a firearm in your home, and it will make your home safer if you know how to use it and you're properly trained. Uh, for everybody listening to this, if you have a gun in your home, good for you. Make sure it is out of the reach of your children because that is not what you want. You do not want your kids getting hold of your firearm, even if they're just playing or they're showing it to a friend. You don't want that. So, yeah, if you want to do a firearm, if you want to do uh, the, there's a shotgun, you could go with like an AR-15 style or you can go with a pistol. It's really what is up, what what you think you can use the best and what is best for you. What is best for me may not be best for you. Um, so you really need to take your time, go to your local gun store, uh, rent a, a gun to use in their range, have fun, shoot it, see what you like, see what you don't like, talk to your friends, and try to just see what is going to work best for you and your family. Something that you can manage, something that you can keep stored properly and used under pressure. So, yeah. Uh, we actually that. did a, a podcast on gun security and owning a Good. gun and, and how to be a, a, a responsible gun owner. And first and foremost Good. is if you have kids, lock it up. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, when I was growing up, my dad said never to touch my gun. And, I, you know, I never did. And I grew up that way. You know, I, I was recently at a party um, this Christmas and my son was playing upstairs with, you know, a group of friends and um, nothing bad happened. But I realized that they were going into parts of the house that the homeowner had said, don't go into like the the parents had said, don't do that. Because when you get all those kids together, they start having fun. They start wanting to explore. Oh, let me show you this. Let me show you that. And then the next thing you know, your kids are somewhere you told them never to be. So you, you've got to, you got to make sure that they can't get a hold of anything. So good on you for having a show on that. All right. So moving on to uh, uh, one topic I love and I, I I go over with my kids (laughs) is situational awareness. Can you define that Mm -hmm. and the importance of it? Sure. Yeah. So situational awareness is, it's a, it's one term for a huge umbrella. I actually have gotten to know and study with uh, Greg Williams, who's the guy who actually pinned that term and he works for Acadia Cognorati. Um, And situational awareness is understanding your environment and what's going on in your environment. And so when you can do those things, you can see trouble before it starts. Believe it or not, there are actually three elements to every crime. And if you know what to look for, you can stop them from having them in your life. It's something called the crime triangle. You have to have somebody who has criminal intent, you have to have a target, and they have to have the opportunity to get to that target. So that's just three things right there. 
So if you can keep yourself from being targeted, you're never going to be the victim of, of a crime. If you can keep criminals from getting to you, then the crime triangle can't form and you're going to be okay. So if you can understand how criminals are looking for that target, how they're observing it, and how they're planning, you can stop violence from happening in your life. If you can understand the importance of, okay, maybe I'm sitting in a restaurant and there's a fire. You know, where's the nearest exit? I don't need to, to think about, I don't need to try to formulate a plan on how to get my family out of a restaurant in the event of a fire. I need to know where those emergency exits are when I sit down. And you kind of just mentally real quick, you make a plan. Okay, if there's a fire in the kitchen, we are going out that door. That is not the door we came in, but that is the door that we are going to go out. A lot of people, in when they panic, they're going to try to go the way they came. This, as human beings, that's what sure. we do. We try to fall back to, to doing what we know. And so when you can make a plan, you're going to get out a whole lot faster because everybody else is going the wrong way. And so that's where, and while that may sound like paranoia to a lot of people who don't really understand this or prepare for it, it can, it can sound strange, but it becomes a part of your life. I've been doing this for 20 something years now, and it just becomes a part of who you are. It doesn't seem abnormal. And in the event that you actually have to use it, it just clicks and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. So, um, yeah, for sure. Try to understand what's going on around you, who's around you, uh, because, is that me talking? Somebody's talking to me. I don't know. So, um, like somebody in here's talking to me. I thought I was alone. I thought I had good situational awareness. Um, <clears throat> but um, the the other side of that is um, you are human. You're gonna mess up, and if something does happen and it's not that big of a deal, don't beat yourself up about it because we only have so much attention in a day, and especially us as dads. You know, you got two sons, you got three daughters. They're taking up so much of your attention when you're out in public that you really do have to develop what I call secure habits. And that is, I'm going to, you know, if I'm sitting at a table like at McDonald's or whatever, I'm going to make sure that they're eating, they're okay. And then I'm going to make sure that we're talking, we're having fun. And then my third thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to watch what's going on around me to make sure that it doesn't look like there's a fight brewing between two people some guy standing outside of the door looking like he's doing a press check on a firearm, like he's going to come in and rob the place, that sort of stuff. And then I go right back to, okay, is everybody eating? Are we having a good time? And then we look back around again, you know, that sort of stuff. And then somebody spilled their chocolate milk. You find out the ice cream machine's not working in your whole <laughs> shop. So, but that's McDonald's for you. Head's always got to be on a swivel. Yes. Yeah. And it does. And it doesn't have to lead to paranoia. If you just, there will be a phase when you start to learn situational awareness for real that you it's like the whole expression, you know, I just got a hammer. So everything looks like a nail and you're going to want to try to find that threat in every environment. And there just there isn't, uh, you know, the majority of the places that you go, there's not going to be a life threatening situation, but there will be interesting things that you will start to notice about who's paying attention to what and what's going on. And you can you can kind of like I I. I now have the ability to sit at a table <clears throat> and watch other people and figure out who's in charge, who's second in command, who's not happy to be here. <laughs> Just by studying those nonverbal cues, you can kind of figure out all that kind of stuff. It's, it's fun. It, it can be fun. If you can impart a, uh, a word of wisdom to our fathers, to our listening fathers, what would it be? Be present in the moment. 
be present in the moment because you'll be present with your kids. You'll be present with your wife and you'll be present to understand if there's any threat around you. Um, Keep your face out of your phone. So true. That's good. I like that because a lot of people have said that. Thank you, Andy, for coming on the show. We really Mm -hmm. appreciate it. This was awesome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Sal. I I appreciate it. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can do this again uh, in the future. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm all for it. That concludes another episode of the Bad Dads Podcast. Tune in next time for another amazing guest or just me and Sal bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs>